The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh, Jody, I'm totally ready. I'm so excited for today because we are actually moving into a new realm, the realm of nonprofits. And, you know, I know you like to say that nonprofits are really like they're run like businesses, right? Absolutely. They need to be run like businesses or they will be out of business. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They forget that there's still income and expenses and all the accounting that needs to go around a nonprofit as well as their customers are actually donors. Right. So it's yeah. just a different like whole animal, but it's it's a cool animal. And we're excited because we have a nonprofit guest today and it's going to bring us into kind of the month of Thanksgiving because I it's November and um I think and the, and the holidays will be here soon and I think um everybody's into giving back and thinking about um you know thinking about more than themselves. So Liz, what are you, I I mean, I know our guest today is all about hunger. Um, Are you hungry? (laughs) I might be, you know, I'm, I had some breakfast this morning, but I'm always hungry, you know, and, and I'm excited to talk about, you know, how people can give back. Cause I know our guest today, he, you know, and you're going to do the proper introduction, but you know, he runs a global nonprofit that essentially works to stop hunger, which, you know, is a huge, huge issue still in our country, even though it's gotten better uh, in the world, even though it's gotten better over the last 10 years. And, um, you know, we'll we'll let Rod talk about some of the statistics that, you know, are on his website, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later in the show. But it's, it's sort of phenomenal because I, I was reading like nearly 50 percent of people living in extreme poverty are 18 years of age or younger, you know, so there are, and there are ways that we can stop hunger. And this is a great time of the year to think about it. So, um, obviously, uh, so I, I don't know, let's, let's introduce Rod. What do you think? Well, right. And I think one of the neat things is now I've actually met Rod personally. We, he was at that, um, hive event that I was at where we were looking at, businesses um, being greater than ourselves, right? Kind of the social purpose business um, model. But what was interesting to me about Rod's business model is is that it actually um, combines an experience with it. So not only are you just giving money mm-hmm. to help um, 
feed the hungry, but you're actually getting engaged with it and packaging meals. And and I'll have Rod explain that a little bit more. But it was interesting to me how he's taken his nonprofit into the experience economy and giving um, the donors and the participants in his nonprofit an experience around it as well. So without much further ado, I'm going to do a formal introduction to Rod Brooks, who's the president and CEO of Stop Hunger Now, um, where they do global hunger relief. He's built the business from $8 million to more than eight or 800, I'm sorry, $800,000 to more than $18 million. And essentially they package meals for the hungry. They have 650,000 volunteers and they serve in 20 cities and six countries. So um, that's who our guest is today, Rod. So thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Jody. Liz, thank you so much for having me on the show. Glad to be here. So can awesome. you tell us a little bit about how your non-for-profit works? Because I know it's different than just like giving money. Of course, absolutely. Uh, well, if you don't mind, let me let me just first of all start off with, as Simon Simon Sinek would say, let me start with the why. So <laughs> when talking yeah. about why, how our organization works, I, I think it's so important to start with why we exist. And and the fact is that that right now there are about 795 million people around the world who suffer from from chronic malnutrition. And that 795 million people represents about one in nine of the people on the planet. And of that 795 million, roughly 40% of children. Now, it is, that is, uh, you know, when we think about that number, it, it is so disheartening to see. And in fact, um, uh, what is so disturbing about it to me is that hunger, in fact, doesn't have to exist. We produce enough food in the world to feed every single person on the planet. So the fact that, that more than, than, than 300 million children go to bed at night, every night, not uh, having enough to eat, is just atrocious. And it is something that we at Stop Hunger Now are very committed to ending. And as I talk about that mission, um, clearly people are excited to engage with us on that. Now, I will say that there is... Uh, when we talk about the notion of ending hunger in our lifetime, that, in fact, is our mission. Our mission is to end hunger in our lifetime. We've even set a date for that that aligns with uh, the, the U.N. Sustainable Development Goals uh, of 2030. When we talk about that, we, we recognize that that's a huge you know, that's a huge tech, but you guys are about being radical, and so are we. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, I was going to um, say, that's knowing, a big goal. Knowing, knowing that hunger doesn't have to exist, what we do know is that there are um, ways that we can sustainably end hunger. And, in fact, there, there's good news to share from this, in that two decades ago, 20 years ago, there were more than, in fact, a billion people. Who, are, who suffer from hunger. So the fact is that over the last 20 years, the number of hungry people in the world has actually decreased by more than 200 million people. Mm-hmm. What's also remarkable is the, as you think about during that time how the world's population has grown, uh, two decades ago, 34% of the world's population was malnourished. Now with the, the, the nominal decrease in the number of people and the way that the population's grown, we see that less than 13% of the world's population is, uh, suffers from malnutrition. So think about that decrease of 34% down to less than 13%. It's pretty remarkable. And you can see how if we continue on this trajectory, if we really 
take this and, and focus on this task, that we are, in fact, in, in fact, on track to meeting that goal of ending hunger by the year 2030. But it won't happen unless we focus on it and, and truly set this as a goal. So how has that decrease happened? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, folks like your organization are playing an instrumental role, but that that's pretty big difference. So, I mean, how how is it actually decreasing that, that percentage? Well, I think what we're seeing is that there has most definitely been a an established will to end hunger that it, that in fact is gaining momentum and uh, there there are very clear uh, systemic challenges to ending hunger that deal with everything mm-hmm. from climate change to the right kinds of infrastructures and markets but i would say that at the that all of those problems are solvable the ones that we can that we can address is much more difficult to solve is just the level of apathy that often exists. And uh, I think that's what the, the world has been uh, working to overcome the last two decades. Back in the year 2000, the United Nations countries adopted the Millennial Development Goals. And the goals there was to end, uh, excuse me, to cut hunger in half by the year 2015. Well, in fact, a number of developing countries did that. More than 70 countries did that. And with building on that momentum, um, the world kind of shifted about a year ago when in September of 2015, last year, the United Nations opted the Sustainable Development Goals. And Sustainable Development Goal number two, in fact, is to end hunger by the year 2030. So I think that um, in addition to... Uh, many of the systemic changes that we've seen in terms of utilization of technology, better farming practices, increasing access to food through markets, to increase access to food through overcoming poverty, um, what the world has really made strides in doing or has, has achieved in doing is to create awareness around ending hunger and a, and a momentum for doing that. And that, um, to your earlier question, is uh, what drives a lot of how Stop Hunger Now works. And so I'll be glad to speak to that if you'd like. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I have so many questions just from what you just said. But I mean, (laughs) I'm really curious, Rod, I mean, just to take it back a little bit. How did you get involved in Stop Hunger Now? You know, um, because I think you joined in 2006, right? And so how did you how did you find out about the organization and what brought you on board? What is your passion around this, too? Yeah, well, thank you so much for asking, and, and this truly is a passion uh, for me. And uh, I have to say there, there are sort of two threads here. One is uh, I was born and raised in North Carolina. Uh, through high school, hadn't traveled much out of the state, much less the country. But for me, had an opportunity to study abroad, living in Spain for a year, my junior year in college. And uh, what I can describe of that experience is that, in fact, what it created was a I can only describe it as like a profound connection with people around the world. I realized that despite cultural differences, which are apparent in the way we live, and uh, that, that in fact there are so many things that we share uh, in common at heart with, with people around the world. And so I just began to experience this uh, profound sense of connection with, with people around the world, recognizing how we were interconnected. I then had the very good fortune to work for about 16 years with another nonprofit organization in Raleigh, North Carolina, developing a museum that was uh, designed to be a global learning center, a place where people could go, could go and learn about culture and geography, how we're connected with people in places around the world. And it was there, actually, that I learned about Stop Hunger Now in uh, December of 2004, the tsunami struck South Asia, 
and you'll recall that uh, in that event, sadly, more than 300,000 people lost their lives that day. At the museum, we had a, a day where we invited nonprofit organizations in to raise money and awareness for the relief effort. And it was then that I met uh, the founder of Stop Hunger Now, Ray Buchanan, and learned about the great work that, that the organization was doing. Uh, learned about uh, this, this vision of a world without hunger. Learned, frankly, that hunger didn't have to exist. And I was just hooked. And uh, fortunately, mm -hmm. a year later, interestingly, through a, a merger of that museum where I was working with another institution, my position there was eliminated as VP of administration. And so I had the good fortune to um, to talk with Ray again. And as it turns out, the uh, board of Stop Hunger Now was looking to hire a CEO to sort of help him develop the organization. I volunteered for about five months. Uh, and during that time, found that it was a good match between me and the founder. And um, since that time we've been working together, I, I, after volunteering for about five months, was offered for the position of CEO and started officially in June of 2006. And it's been a remarkable, uh, incredible experience since then, just building this organization from an organization with about five people to now we have about 115 uh, full-time positions around the country. Wow. Uh, the 115 people are engaging 350,000 volunteers a year, uh, and we're providing direct aid to more than 500,000 people around the world. Uh, so it's remarkable to see that uh, and be a part of that kind of growth and increase in impact that we've been able to have. That's amazing, there's Rod. One piece that, there's one other piece that drives me, and that is seven years ago, my daughter was born. And, you know, when you become a parent, all of a sudden the world looks very differently. And all of a sudden I realized even more profoundly, uh, you know, what it must mean to so many parents around the world uh, to not be able to feed their children, to not be able mm -hmm. to respond to the, the, the pains of hunger. And so um, that's, uh, that's what drives me. Wow, that's an amazing story. That's really, really amazing. And, um, you know, I know that you really provided and, and led, have led the organization to phenomenal growth, especially with donors. And we want to talk more about that because I know, you know, we do have some nonprofit, um, you know, people in nonprofits who are listening and probably want to know, how did you grow your donor base? Because that's um, a big, mm -hmm. a big thing for a lot of nonprofit um, leaders. So you're going to definitely want to stick around we're going to take a short break and when we return we're going to we're going to keep talking to Rod Brooks from Stop Hunger Now uh, stay tuned America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. -A -A. 
advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Rod Brooks. He is the CEO and president of Stop Hunger Now, an international hunger relief organization committed to ending hunger. So really timely as we enter into the holiday season, we're going to learn um, some ways that you can give back to sort of to work on ending hunger where you are. But first, Rod, I, you know, we, we talked, Jody introduced you. She said, you know, since you joined in 2006, cash contributions have grown from $800,000 to more than $18 million. And that was a 2015 number. So I, I, that's pretty staggering. And I'm, I'm just wondering, how did you do that? <laughs> 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 well, thank you. And, uh, and, and like I say, that, that really, truly, I think, is a reflection of the level of donor engagement that we've been able to provide. Um, there is, if there's a mantra that we have, uh, in fact, borrowed from another organization called For Impact, it's that impact drives support. Often, uh, um, nonprofit organizations work from the sort of other direction, uh, starting saying, this is how much money we have, this is the type of program that we can afford. Um, we've taken a very different approach here. We're, we're trying to end hunger. And um, to do that effectively, we know that we have to engage and really scale. We have to engage thousands of people in, in creating a movement to end hunger, and we need to scale our in, in engagement with those folks. So uh, so I'd say it's that mantra probably that has driven that growth. <laughs> we, we need to be mm-hmm. focused as, a, as an organization on the impact that we provide. Um, when... It, programmatically how this worked, there were, there were two things that we recognized that we needed to do to drive the impact. One, as I alluded, alluded to earlier, that one of the biggest challenges in ending hunger is the apathy that exists and often just a lack of people's awareness 
around the issue of hunger, uh, the fact that it doesn't have to exist, and that there are effective things we can do to end hunger. And so we were looking for a way that we could engage people and really uh, provide a platform, essentially, to educate people to overcome that apathy. At the same time, we also learned that programmatically, one of the most strategic ways to address chronic malnutrition is through school feeding programs. Now, these are programs that we often take for granted, I think, here in the U.S., but in fact, the notion of getting a breakfast or a lunch at school was even, in fact, relatively new, only 50 or 60 years old in this country. So it's a relatively new sort of institution. But what we find is that when you start a school feeding program in a developing country where they typically don't exist, you first provide the nutrition that children need to learn. We all know we can't think and concentrate on an empty stomach because all you can think about is, is where the, your next meal is going to come from. Mm-hmm. So first we provide the nutrition that enables children especially to, to, uh, to learn. <clears throat> Beyond that, we find that those meals that we provide in school, they provide incentive for parents of children who are not in school to send them. And so often we see uh, school enrollment double, triple, quadruple when you start a school feeding program. So is that in this country or is that in, in um, other countries too? In, in developing countries, which is where Stop Hunger Now focuses, uh, often okay. the school feeding programs are non-existent. And so uh, there's more of a movement to create those now. And that's what we were looking to support. How can we provide meals and other support to, um, to, to promote school feeding programs in developing countries where they don't exist, mm-hmm. mainly for mm-hmm. those reasons? Uh, it is through that uh, increase in school enrollment leading to increased literacy rates and vocational training opportunities that we can, over the long term, begin to break the cycle of poverty. It is that education is the, is the exit from extreme poverty, uh, that along with opportunity. We were looking for how can we address chronic malnutrition. We realized that school feeding programs was a very strategic way of doing that. And then we discovered a program which we adopted um, where, that enables volunteers to package high-protein dehydrated meals that we can use to support school feeding programs. So we initiated this program. Supper Grinnell was established in 98, but it was in December of 2005 that we initiated this meal packaging program, and I started in 2006. The response was remarkable. We set a goal the first year of uh, engaging about 10,000 volunteers in packaging a, a million meals, and we thought that was just way out there, way radical. <laughs> uh, we ended up in that first year packaging 1.7 million meals. Wow. We then distributed through in-country partners that we had established in various countries around the world. Since that time, and that was just in one location, Raleigh, North Carolina, since that time, we have grown the program on average about 50% a year for the last 10 years. So last year, we packaged about 60 million meals uh, in 20 cities throughout the United States and in six other countries outside the U.S. where we have established um, international affiliates and establish this meal packaging program. So remarkable, 350,000 volunteers. And you think about um, that, that 60 million meals, um, that, that brought us to a total of nearly 280 million meals uh, over the last 10 years. So it's really, the growth has been exponential. And what has really driven it, I think, is people's involvement. Um, you know, the, the, an amazing thing happens at these meal packaging events. They're completely scalable. So we have groups as small as 50 people. Um, we'll, they'll package 10,000 meals in two hours. We, we've had groups of literally thousands package uh, as many as a million meals in a single day. And so, um, you know, it's 
it's, it's remarkable how we can meet the needs of so many different groups. We find that it tends to be um, uh, faith organizations of all denominations uh, that tend to package meals, corporations that tend to package meals with us because it's such a great team-building, morale-building mm-hmm. type experience, also civic organizations like Rotary and Lions Clubs and what have you, and, and then universities and even high schools will be involved. Again, what's, what's common to all these uh, ex- meal packaging events, they're a lot of fun. They're hands-on engaged. The volunteers often say to me that, you know, Rod, when I scoop that cup of rice into the bag, I recognize that I'm just one step away from feeding that child in a developing country that whose picture I've seen. And there's something incredibly fulfilling just knowing that you're having that direct an impact. You can see right where the money goes. Right When you donate to Stop Hunger Now, you see right where the money goes because it, the raw materials, the, the food that we're packaging is right in front of you. Uh, the way that we fund the program is that um, we will have a group set a goal for the number of meals they want to package, and that's just simply based on the number of volunteers they want to engage. Once they set that goal, then we ask them to donate $0.29 cents per meal uh, as a suggested level of, of uh, contribution, and that enables us to um, buy the raw materials in bulk and distribute them effectively and um, cover our program operations costs. So it is with that model that we've been able to um, scale what we've been doing, and uh, we, we want to continue to do that. Well, so, and I that. think what's Sorry. so interesting about it is, is you've created an experience around donating um, to Stop Hunger, but yet you're engaging the people who are giving the money so, like, you feel connected to it, and that makes you just want to love the organization and do more with it, which I think is something that most nonprofits have a, have a I don't want to say a problem doing, but it's like, it's like, okay, I gave my money, but then they walk away and then they forget about it. Whereas with your, the way you've run your nonprofit and the programming is it really makes you want to, um, because you've touched the food and you've, you've actually felt like you fed someone, which you, which you are, right? You're sending um, the, the meal overseas to them, that it makes you want to be engaged further, which I think a lot of nonprofits haven't quite figured out how to do yet. The, the, the opportunity to be involved was so great um, with, with our meal packaging program and, and again, so completely scalable. We also, you know, we see children as young as four years old, you know, to adults in their 90s actually packaging with us. And, um, and there's something very powerful doing that together as a family or as a, you know, a group of colleagues that work together uh, or as a, as a church congregation. Um, and again, you can see, as you're describing, you can see the impact of what you do at the end of your event. You see, you know, pallets of meals that you've that you've packaged, and you we tell you where those meals are going to go. Then, in fact, after the meal packaging event, once the once the meals that you've packaged are combined with those that others have packaged, they're shipped on a 40 foot uh, shipping container overseas to one of our partners, and you actually get an email the partner, how the meals are being used and images uh, from that country of the meals being used. So it's a pretty powerful experience that you're able to follow through the whole process. Well, and I love the fact, too, that there's a strategic nature behind it as well, because I I think sometimes you think, oh, well, I'm feeding someone, but then what's going to happen? But when you explain that you're feeding them and then they go to school and then the kids continue to go to school because they know that their breakfast and their lunch is there, and then you know 
um, that education is really going to help with the long-term s- sustainability, then it's mm-hmm. like just this huge impact that I don't think necessarily before you explained it, you know, I made that connection. I was like, oh, well, you're feeding a kid, right? But no, you're really feeding a kid who is going to get an education who can then, in fact, impact his local village and then, you know, take it a step further and who knows, maybe change his country or or do something bigger. And I don't necessarily believe that we always see that, you know, so that was really interesting. I'm curious about this. I do want to, if I may, just um, I want to hasten to add that, you know, one of the things that we know about ending hunger, of course, is that it is a a complex issue. And I want to just add here that, of course, there is no one single bullet. There's no one single silver bullet. Um, Ending hunger has to be addressed through a variety of of ways. Um, So I think that our, our meal packaging program and the meals that we provide, as you described, through school feeding programs is certainly a very effective strategic way, but I also want to add that, you know, these meals are being distributed through partner organizations in country, and quite frankly, they often have a, a tremendous vision and knowledge of what can take place in their local communities to increase local food production, increase local access to food that may be available. And so um, that's another piece of what Stop Hunger Now does. In addition to the meal packaging program, we are um, supporting projects, we call them sustainable community development projects in the countries where we work, um, that, that really builds on the vision and the, the, the um, opportunities that our partners have to do that, to increase local food production, to increase access to food, to increasing local uh, family incomes. What's exciting is that often we find that the groups that are packaging meals with us, they then say, well, what else can we do? And so we're able to point to specific projects that will um, have these longer-term uh, benefits as well. And often those groups get involved in, in, those pro- in supporting those projects as well with us. So it's a way so, of, kind of so, engagement. So, Rod, before we go to break, and we have to go to break real quick, but I'm just curious, what what is in the mail package? And does it does it change in regards to the region that you're, that you're you know, sending the packages to around the country? Sure. Yeah, so the, the meals that we package were designed to provide uh, the micronutrients, uh, protein, that, um, that specifically for malnourished individuals. And so there are four ingredients. There's rice, soy, dehydrated vegetables, and a vitamin-fortified uh, mixture, which actually we have through a strategic partnership with Kraft Heinz, we're able to provide that. It provides the essential micronutrients that uh, are used to address the symptoms of, of malnutrition. And so these important vitamins like vitamin A and zinc and, and other nutrients that we need in order to, um, to stay healthy and, and um, develop fully. So the, the meals are, these four ingredients are assembled through a, an assembly line process. It starts around a funnel, literally with one volunteer holding a bag under the funnel and four others scooping in those ingredients. And then from there, it goes to another station where it's weighed and then sealed and boxed. Okay, so again, gotcha. a group of 50 volunteers can package about 10,000 meals in just two hours. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to continue talking to Rod Brooks. He's the CEO and president of Stop Hunger Now. So stay tuned. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical. And before we get started in my favorite part of the segment, your financial underwear drawer, um, I have to give a quick shout out to Intuit and also to Avalara. So accounting and sales tax, because that's what your financial underwear drawer is, right? So um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have a, a, a I was talking to Rod briefly during the break and he was telling us uh, or during the break about an is- an interesting cash flow issue that he had and I think um, what's interesting is is I think a lot of times people forget that as non-for-profits that you actually are a small business and that your donations are your revenues right and then you have additional expenses and that if you don't watch your cash flow, your nonprofit's going to be out of business because ultimately it is a business at its core. So, Rod, tell us a little bit about how you figured out how you would price your um, meal packaging experience and um, why it's so important that you have them pay up front the 29 cents per meal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it is an interesting story because, as I mentioned, Stop Hunger Now was established in 98, but we started this meal packaging program in December of 2005, you know, first as a way of engaging volunteers in the effort to end hunger. And we saw a lot of benefit of, you know, being able to have, uh, offer an experience where people would be hands-on engaged in that effort. 
And so when we initiated the meal packaging program, uh, initially uh, we, we invited people to come in. We, we purchased the raw materials that they would be packaging. We invited them to come in and package. And the thought was, and we, we recognized, and I think it is well recognized, that, that volunteers who are hands-on engaged in, the, in an organization in a personal way, they do tend to, to give more in terms of uh, just contributed revenue. And so the thought was that if we, we provided this experience and provided a great engaging experience that, you know, we would see increased contributed revenues to be able to cover those, the, the program. Well, what we, fought, what we found after operating the, the program for <clears throat> about six months, <clears throat> pardon me, was uh, we would host meal packaging events, and at the we'd have a great event. And at the end of the event, we'd hold up a bucket, uh, literally a five-gallon bucket, and we'd say, you know, we'd, we'd welcome contributions to help us pay for the materials you just packaged. Well, after six months of operating the program this way, we found ourselves at about seventy-five thousand dollars in the red from the program alone, and we probably had about forty-five days of cash left. And so, wow. when I came on as CEO, uh, there was a serious issue there <laughs> that we had mm-hmm. to resolve, and so. What I did, in fact, was to you know, work with our staff to identify what were the costs from, the, from the, the direct cost that we would have in terms of the cost of the food as well as the indirect cost we have in, uh, in transporting the food and, and warehouses to store it and things like that. And then based on the number of meals that we uh, expected to package that first year and then dividing that by what our costs would be, we, we determined what a, um, what a cost per meal would be that we should be asking for in order, in order to cover those costs. Uh, at first, when, when I introduced the notion of having the volunteers actually donate, in addition to volunteering their time, uh, there was a lot of resistance there from, from our, our program manager. He was like, oh, my gosh, you this, what will they do it? But frankly, we had no choice. <laughs> had, we, had we not made that change, uh, we wouldn't have survived as an organization. However, making that choice and, then ex- and clearly explaining to, th- to folks how that donation would be used, and then, of course, having them see it directly in front of them, uh, we were able to create a financial model that worked, and, in fact, we were able to scale. And so um, that's, that's how that worked out. But uh, it was some pretty dicey times there at the, at the very beginning. And, of course, the financial stewardship is still a, an important piece that we pay attention to. Well, I think that's really interesting how, like, you were doing something one way and you found that it didn't work, and you realized that, hey, I have to change my pricing model because – um, otherwise, I'm not going to be in business, and you can't feed anyone if you're not in business. So um, I love the way that you kind of pivoted and you made it work and that it's allowed you to, you know, have this tremendous growth. And um, I think people are willing to pay for experiences as well. So even though, you know, you get this feel good um, as you put together these meals and you you feed the world – um, people also realize that the food costs money and that someone has to pay for it. And if, if they're not paying for it, who will pay for it? So um, I love that you were able to pivot and stay in business because at the end of the day, your nonprofit doesn't help anyone if it, if it can't pay its bills. Um, so, but I guess, you know, you've been doing a lot of um, big corporate partnerships as well now that you've gotten to um a little bit of a substantial size now. Can you tell us a little bit about the partnerships that you're engaged with now that are going to help um, exponentially expand? Absolutely. So it's been really interesting to see how many corporations have realized that the, our meal packaging program is such a great team-building, morale-building experience for their employees in addition to helping them meet their mandate for a corporate social responsibility. 
because we are addressing such a critical need, the, the need to end hunger. So we, we have engaged a number of companies um, from Kraft Heinz Corporation to HP to Cisco, Google, Apple, um, many companies like these that are very large, as well as uh, many smaller local companies, again, with, with much smaller staff, but they've seen it as a way to actually reach out and engage the community. What's been interesting is that as these companies have um, been involved with us through the meal packaging program, you know, again, what has evolved is is an interest in kind of going further with us. And a good example of that is actually our relationship with Kraft Heinz Company. I remember in, in Philadelphia about four years ago, we were doing a meal packaging event. And a former uh, Heinz employee was there, and he noted that we were, you know, we had these um, micronutrients in the form of a tablet that we were putting into the meals. And he asked what those were, and we explained and he said, well, did you know that Heinz actually has developed a formulation sort of like this? And you ought to talk to him. Well, we did. We actually followed the lead and, um, and ultimately ended up speaking to the head of the Heinz Foundation. And sure enough, about eight years ago, prior to that moment, uh, Heinz had created this micronutrient formulation as a way of giving back to the world. They, they recognized how important it was for people to have uh, the right diet. And so they had uh, you know, people in the organization that were responsible for delivering those micronutrients. What we found in that conversation was that there was a wonderful sort of win-win opportunity in that they were producing these micronutrients. And if you will, Stop Hunger Now had a network, a distribution network of partners around the world through which we could deliver uh, those, those micronutrients and in, in, enclosed in our meals. And so uh, four years ago, we established a partnership where Kraft Heinz provides those micronutrients now that are part of the composition of our, of our meals. And we've been um, working with them ever since. What has also evolved from that, uh, from, that was sort of where the partnership initiated. But now uh, Kraft Heinz is actually engaging employees around the world in, uh, in meal packaging events. They'll be doing about 31 meal packaging events just this year. Uh, with involving um, tens of thousands of employees around the world. Uh, and actually something that's starting today, in fact, today is November 1st. And today, I'm thrilled to say that we are launching a cause marketing campaign <coughs> called um, where, where, where the Stop Now logo will, will appear on about 20 million ketchup bottles in, in <laughs> food service locations, wow. restaurants around the country. Um, 20 million ketchup bottles will feature, feature our logo and an opportunity for um, customers at those restaurants to take a selfie. Yeah. The program is called Selfie for Good. They can take a selfie, tweet, uh, text that to Kraft Heinz. They'll donate a dollar for every selfie they receive. And then wow. when, you post that, when you post that selfie on your social media feeds, they'll donate another 57 cents to Stop Hunger Now up to about $200,000, which is really remarkable. So that program is kicking off today. So look for Stop Hunger Now, the Stop Hunger Now logo on ketchup bottles in restaurants throughout the country starting today. That is awesome. <laughs> so cool. and, and I love the way you're able to like partner together and get way more awareness for your cause by ketchup. I mean, something as simple as ketchup, right? Um, you know, that I mean, that's just amazing because I think um, – they have like this awesome distribution network because everybody uses ketchup, right? And now you're able to partner with them 
and get that marketing awareness, which is, that's just phenomenal. So that's so exciting. I'm going to have to take my selfie with my ketchup bottle. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when, when, you, when you send that selfie in, what's also exciting is you'll be sent to a, a website where you can actually read about the stories, the, the stories of people's lives who are being affected by that. And that's, that's really what we're excited to share is just what type of progress we're making towards ending hunger around the world. Amazing. Fantastic. Rod, this has been so super great. And uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot about your organization and about what you're, what you guys are up to. And when we come back, I, let's talk about how people can get involved in uh, meal packaging events. So Perfect. stay that tuned. Great. Thank you. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical, and I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and our guest today is Rod Brooks. He is the CEO and president of Stop Hunger Now, and uh, it's been great to go learn a little bit more about an international nonprofit that is really 
has a really ambitious goal of stopping hunger by 2030. Um, so before we um, before we do anything else, I want people to know how they can sign up for these meal packaging events, Rod, because I know they can go to your website, stophungernow.org, and sign up. Um, but what's the process? Could they do it this holiday season? How long, how long does it take to actually plan one? We most certainly can do meal package events uh, before the end of the year. And the first thing I would ask is that people think about the groups that you're that they're uh, associated with. So think about uh, the company where you work. Think about the civic organization you may be a part of. Uh, think about uh, the, the church that you attend or, or institution of faith that you attend. Um, your kids could do this at their school. So first of all, we can design events uh, customized for as small as 50 to 60 people to as many as, again, hundreds. And so first think of the number of, of people that you would like to involve, and then go to our website, uh, www.stophungernow.org. We have on the uh, About page uh, a listing of the 20 locations where we, are lo- where we have our meal packaging program throughout the country, uh, and p- find the one that's closest to you, because even if you're not actually in one of those cities, we can also often do remote events. Contact that location and talk with us specifically about the size group and what you'd like to do, and we can give you the specifics. I'll just mention that this is a very turnkey kind of process. We work to make it very simple. You simply provide the space, the volunteers, some tables for our equipment, and, and 29 cents per meal that you want to package. We bring all of the raw materials that, that will be packaged, the food, all the supplies, all the equipment. Uh, we'll facilitate your event for you uh, right in your location. So you don't have to come to a warehouse. You don't have to come to our location. We'll bring it all right to you. <clears throat> we, can, uh, we, can, uh, we do have a pretty busy schedule throughout the end of the year, I'm happy to say, but we do certainly have uh, dates available where we can schedule additional meal packaging events, and we would love to talk with you about actually hosting an event with us. Are they usually day long, or are they for a couple hours? What's the time length usually? No, so that's another wonderful thing about the, the event. The, the event is typically a two, we, we do um, shifts in two-hour segments. So we could have uh, you know, a group of 50 volunteers package 10,000 meals in two hours. Uh, if you had a smaller space and you needed to spread that out over a day, we could also you know, accommodate that need. So it's very customizable based on the space, the number of volunteers, and sort of what you need it to look like. That's awesome. And so really, you've got a lot going on. You have the um, selfie ketchup bottle and I know I'm not saying the right correct term but you know where you across <laughs> the country <laughs> you <laughs> selfie for good where you can take a picture with the selfie but with a selfie with the ketchup bottle which is amazing hopefully Jody and I will be able to do that together at some point and then um, you also can people corporations families troops whomever can sign up for these meal packaging events that really are amazing team bonding um, can be team bonding experiences. So you guys, you guys have a lot going on. They, they are indeed. And it's also exciting to see the way in which the communities around our locations have really embraced us as well. Uh, there are local restaurants in Raleigh, North Carolina, and in New York City, actually, that are doing an event this year um, called Plates for the World. This is where they will donate a portion of sales to Stop Hunger Now on Thanksgiving Day. So mm-hmm. in that case, to support our effort, all you have to do is go and eat at one of these restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the that's easy. Where, where we're located. Uh, we also have um, our 
two of our program locations, one in Kansas City and another in Dallas, are holding a Black Hunger Day after Thanksgiving. So um, you can uh, go on our website and learn about more about how to get involved with those events in Kansas City and in Dallas. Uh, and then again, you can go to any restaurant around the country that serves Kraft uh, Heinz ketchup and, uh, and take a selfie for good and support our efforts. So lots of different ways to be involved. Of course, I also encourage people to visit our website just to learn more about the work that we're doing. And of course, you can make a contribution online as well. And how can people get in touch with you, Rod? And, and I mean, obviously, we've been saying the website, but you guys are on social media. You know, how can how can people follow along with what you're doing? Absolutely. So um, certainly visit our visit our website. Um, you can follow us on uh, Facebook at Stop Hunger Now. I think it's Stop underscore Hunger underscore Now. We're also on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, please be sure and visit our, our social media feeds because you can – what's great about that is you can actually see – uh, videos of meal packaging events that are taking place as well as how the meals are being distributed and get a sense of the impact that we're making around the world. Fantastic. Rod, thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Yeah, this has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, especially with the thank holiday you. season coming. Thank so, you so you much know, for having me. It's been great to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, and and um, so yeah, Let's Get Radical. You know where you can find us. We are on Facebook. Facebook, Let's Get Radical. You can follow Jody and I on Twitter at Jody Paydar CPA and at Liz Stacy Gold. And we are on iTunes and Stitcher. So we, you can definitely, if you can never catch us live or you, you know, want to listen on your commute, you can definitely download us on iTunes and Stitcher. And, um, Shoot us an email if you have an idea for a guest or, you know, you have some comments or, or feedback about the show. We're always open to hearing what you have to say. And our email address is Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. And what else, Jody? What else we got going on? We're, um, going, we're going to Ad Tech in a couple of days, which is a big marketing conference here in New York City. So that's pretty exciting. What else? Anything? So we're going to be talking about experiences next week. So kind of the experience economy and um, how you can help build experiences into your marketing. Actually, next week we have the guy from Conbody coming on. Oh. That's two weeks. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just really, our, our, our guests are at the tip of our fingertips. Yeah, we, we're, next week we're talking to um, the guy that started Conbody, which is a boot camp um, created by... Um, He's a he's a former um, prisoner, and he started Con Body, which is a, fi- a boot camp in in prison. So it should be very interesting. And after that, we'll be talking about um, customer experience and the uh, economy. So, anyway, so make sure you don't miss us. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.